Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. service in person or online. If you don't know me, my name is Casey Graves. I'm Pastor Justin's wife, and I get to wrap up the Love Guru series today. Listen, so second service people had a whole lot of suggestions for me, right? So since Justin's not here and I have the mic, they're like, please tell us embarrassing stories about Justin. And I was like, don't you think I want to do that? (laughs) Anytime I get to speak, I'm always thinking, how can I tell stories about him since he's always telling stories about me and the girls? But y'all, it's hard because he tells you all of the embarrassing stories on himself. Anyway, so I did come up with one that I'll share with you later today. Also, they suggested that I make an executive order to put donuts in the lobby every Sunday from now on. I was like, I don't think that's how that works. But they had lots of good suggestions for me today. But I am continuing, or I'm wrapping up the Love Guru series, and I am going to talk to you about communication today. I'm going to talk about communication in marriage, but listen, if you're not married, stick with me because these biblical principles about communication apply to every relationship you have. Kids, it applies with how you talk to your parents, to your friends, at school. Um, It applies how you talk to your uh, coworkers, parents, how you talk to your parents, your kids. Life-giving communication is important in all of our relationships to build closeness and togetherness. So we're going to talk about that today. Stick with me if you're not married and apply it to whatever relationship that you are in that's important to you. So I wanted to start, though, since I'm talking about marriage and communication with a few memes that are really funny and I hope you identify with. So the first one says, there are two kinds of people, the ones that pack six days before a trip and the ones that wake up the day of and realize they still need to do laundry before they pack and leave, and then they get married, right? So that is the case in my house. Justin and I are complete opposites. The only thing that we are not opposite on is that we love Jesus. Everything else is different, okay? I am the packer six days before, so was Charlie, and Justin isn't quite that bad, but does wake up and pack pretty last minute. So the second one is I hear a lot of people have been getting on each other's nerves during the quarantine time, And it says, my wife and I played this fun game during quarantine called, why are you doing it that way? And there are no winners, right? So do not raise your hand if you got on, your spouse got on your nerves during quarantine, but that does happen. And then when when you're dating and you in the evening saying, you in the evening saying, I can't wait to see you again. And married is like, your knee is on my side of the bed. 
That's accurate in my house, too. And that makes me think about when Justin told the story that he moves my pillow at night. Y'all, we've been married 22 years. And I came home that Sunday, and I was like, do you really move my pillow at night? And he's like, yes, I do. I was like, what? What else are you hiding? You, I can't believe you've been doing that for two decades. And so now it's like a thing. When I come to bed, I give him the side eye, and I'm like, did you touch my pillow? And he's like, maybe I did. You'll never know. And then sometimes before I lay down, he just shoves it off the bed, and my head hits the, pillow, my, the bed. So, like, now it's a thing. And so the last one is, since this is actually about communication, I do this. I want you to raise your hand if you do this. It doesn't have to be with your spouse. It could be with anyone you're close to. But it says, my wife has like 20% of a conversation in her head before she decides to bring me into it. We can be driving in silence and she'll be like, and then we'll pick up the kids and go straight from there. Who does that? I totally do that. I did it this week. And Justin was like, can you just tell me what was going on in your head before that? (laughs) So I'm on the same page. So communication is really important in all areas of our life. And my main scripture for the day is Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. The Amplified Version says, not up there, okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love and indulge it will eat it and bear the consequences of their words. Don't we do that? We bear the consequences of our words almost daily, at work, at school, in our marriages, with our kids. And I just want to impress upon you today that we have the power to bring life or death in our relationships with other people. We have the power to build up or tear people down with our words. And I know, especially like with like raising kids or kids at school, it's easy to be sarcastic. It's easy to be quick-witted, but we have to make sure that we are being life-giving with our words. And today, I'm going to talk about godly communication to bring intimacy and closeness in our relationships and in our marriages. And so with marriages, you know, it's really easy Right, early on, when you first start dating, you get engaged, or right when you're first married, to have this close communication. And what I mean is, like, you know what they're going to say, you know their preferences, you know their thoughts and their feelings, and, and you talk and you talk and you talk on the front side of your relationship so much. And then you hang out all day, and you text and talk at night, and you're enamored with knowing them. You just want to know them. You're a student of that person. You just want to know more. And then when you get married, There's not a lot of that time to talk and talk and talk. And you're taking two different genders. So if you're not married, this is, this is what we learn in premarital counseling. You're taking two different genders that have different communication styles and becoming one. Two different personalities. Like I said, Justin and I are hardly anything alike with, with different ways to communicate and you're becoming one and two different backgrounds, like how you were raised. Maybe you were raised to just be blunt and bold. Maybe you've never talked about things in your family, and you combine that, and you're expected to be one and on the same page forever, right? Then you add life into the mix. You add a job or school or both. You might add kids, and there's just not a lot of deep, meaningful, life-giving conversations happening unless you are purposeful for that, right? So I'm going to talk about how to purposely continue those intimate, life-giving communication in your marriage. And the word intimate in this topic means familiar, very close connection, personal, and inmost. We want to keep sharing our inmost self with each other. Like I said, that comes easy 
when you first get married or when you're first dating, but we grow and we change as the longer we're married. And thank goodness we do. God grows us. He produces the fruit of spirit in our lives. He uh, grows us to become more like him and we're changing. It might change our goals and our dreams. And we're just not the same at 20, 40, 60, 80. And we need to continue to know each other along the way. And so when life gets crowded, and this is with any relationship, and it gets hard, and that communication gets lost, we tend to close off parts of ourselves. Even with like parents and children, when life gets busy and hard, we tend to close off parts of ourselves because it's easier. Because we just don't want to rock the boat. We just don't want to open up and talk. That happens. And sometimes it's too vulnerable. But also, sometimes it's just that we get distracted, that we get lazy, and we let what's important to communicate about slide. It's like we put it on autopilot and coast in areas of our lives. And so the word coast means a sliding movement without the use of direction or power. We can't just slide in a direction in our life and in our marriages that's easy. We can't just put communication on coast because you know someone at the beginning. We need to continue with direction and power. And to me, it's like getting comfortable driving. So Charlie, my oldest daughter, has um, gotten her driver's license and started to drive. And what I love about watching her learn to drive is, is that she's very committed to paying attention. She's very committed to following the rules and keeping her hands on the wheel and not being distracted or lazy. If you know anything different about her right now, don't tell me. <laughs> she's out of that stage and gotten kind of comfortable. I don't want to know yet. But so she's paying attention. But you and I know that when we're driving, that we can get really comfortable and lazy and take our eyes off the road. Maybe take our hands off the wheel or look at our phone or eat or mess with the radio. And you start to swerve. You slam on the brakes. You might eventually have a wreck. And it's easy for marriage or our relationships to come to become this. And we end up somewhere we don't want to be going the wrong direction just because we're not paying attention and we're just letting things slide. So I have some practical ways to help you have that life-giving, connected communication in your relationships and in your marriage. So the first one is, you have to have an intimate and committed communication with God on a regular basis to be able to give that to your spouse. Insert whoever you want there. Give that to your kids. Give that to your friends. You have to have an intimate, committed communication with God. Listen, you have to be with Jesus and in his word to love like Jesus in your marriage, in your relationships. We can't give anything out that's full of grace and love and mercy without receiving it from God first. I tell people in premarital counseling all the time, it's super smart to do premarital counseling and to learn all these skills of like uh, communication and budgeting and love languages, but we can't execute things like that without the help of the Holy Spirit. When we have a relationship with him and we're cultivating that, he produces the fruit of the Spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Don't those attributes of the Spirit need to be present in our communication with everyone, with our people we work with that get on our nerves, with our family members, with our spouse, we need love and peace, self-control and gentleness in our communication. And he produces that and transforms us 
to be more like him when we are in his presence. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How many people do you see in their marriages or at school or at work that are hateful and tearing each other down, not using bringing life in your communication? We don't copy that behavior, but we let God transform the way we think because our thoughts need to be his thoughts, right? And marriage isn't the place uh, where you put yourself first. We should always be putting others first, but it's a place where we, we learn to die to ourselves and say, what about you? When we are in our own thoughts and our own feelings, we're just like, what about me? Well, you didn't do that for me. We can do this in any relationship. You're not meeting my needs. You didn't do what I wanted. Instead, we should be the what about you in our communication. How can I help you? How can I love you? How can I serve you? And we have to cultivate our relationship with God to be the spouse we're supposed to be, to be the person we're supposed to be, and to live out this scripture. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but the interests of others. That is hard to do without the power of God enabling us. And chapter two, verse five out of the NIV says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation says, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Y'all, I did not wake up with the mindset of Christ Jesus. I do not have the attitude of Jesus in and of myself on my own. I need to be with him so he can continually transform my thoughts, my feelings, and my words. I need to be in the truth of his word so that I don't run on my feelings and my thoughts, but I operate according to the word. So the second way that we have this intimate, life-giving communication in our marriage, in our relationships, is to make a commitment to communicate. Okay, that doesn't sound very fun and flashy and exciting, but this, this point works, make a commitment to communicate. So obviously, hopefully, you talk to your spouse or people that are important to you every day. But I'm not just talking about marriage business talk, right? I, to me, this is all explained. Marriage business is, in my house, are you taking Chloe to basketball practice or am I? Who, do you need to help Charlie at the barn? Or can you pick up uh, something for dinner tonight? I didn't get home in time to cook. Or did you pay that bill? How much money's in our checking account? Who bought that on Amazon and what is it for? Like that's marriage business. It's just like kind of stressful, kind of makes you a little snippy and everybody has to have that communication. But the commitment I'm asking you to make is conversation that's connecting you, bridging you back together about you, not about stress, money, or kids. And so here's some examples. Everybody is different. Whoever you're needing to connect with, everybody does that in a different way. But here are some ideas. Growing Kids God's Way calls it couch time. Like, and it says to have like maybe 20 minutes every day on the couch, eyeball to eyeball, communicating and talking just about you, just connecting. Justin and I have um, learned that we like to go on walks. I mean, obviously with the frozen tundra the last couple of weeks, we have not done that, but we like to go on walks because the kids are old enough, you know, pretty often and just talk. And y'all, to be real honest, we um, have trouble not talking about the church and kids. 
So we'll be walking, and I'll be like, you need to stop talking about church. So we'll start talking again. He'll be like, you need to stop talking about the kids. So it's not perfect. You don't just make time to sit down and talk, and it's just like, oh, I love you so much. It's a commitment to be together and to know one another and to talk. Um, You might have dinner once a week. You might have lunch once a week. But whatever it is, whoever you need to connect with, make it happen. You don't just say, hey, that's a great idea. You have to adjust your schedule, adjust your life to make it happen. And here's, here's another thing about this make the commitment. Drop whatever you can when your spouse reaches out to talk to you. And I mean just about anything or whoever that you want to be close to reaches out like your, your kids or one of your friends. When they reach out to you, drop what you can to pay attention because whatever they have to tell you, it might just be like, hey, this happened to me today, or you wouldn't lose a day I had. But you don't want people they spend time with all day at work or school or wherever to know them more than you do. So you need to pay attention when you can. You might even have to say, hey, I can't, I can't listen right now. I'm going to burn dinner. I just got home from work. The baby's crying. I don't know. But just acknowledge that they want to share something with you. Because if you continue to ignore when your spouse reaches out, they will shut down. And I have an example of that. I have a story. Um, oh, and this doesn't just happen in, because things are all falling apart. This happens in everyday life because we get busy and there's so much coming at us. So this past year in quarantine, from about March to December, all four of us graves were home. Teenage, two teenage girls, me and Justin. They went to school like September to December spotty. But, like, we were all home most of the time. I got to tell you, it was really fun. I love having teenage girls. They're a lot of fun to talk to. I had a blast. Um, and, and all four of us did, I think. <laughs> anyway, um, so, but the more I noticed, the longer it went on, the more I noticed that Justin was feeling increasingly left out. Now, I don't know why he would feel left out with three girls in the house, There was a lot of talking and talking and talking. And then there was a lot of loud singing and dancing. And there was boy band music and there was cooking and just all the stuff happening. I don't know. I don't know what the problem was. I think he needed some man time. But I started noticing that he was spending a lot of time outside with the chainsaw. A lot of time chopping wood, building fires, lots of fires. He just was with the fire and the dog outside. And y'all, I even noticed that he started to weed eat in the winter. I'm like, why? Why are you weed eating in the winter? He did it more than once. Yes. And so, and then he would sit on the back porch. We have these glass doors with noise canceling headphones because he could still hear us through the glass doors, all the loud music and the singing and the silliness. And so one time he came in in the kitchen and was just like, needed to tell me something random. It wasn't important, but he was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And moms, when your kid walks into the room and says, mom, what does your head do? It does that. You're like, mom, yes. So he's talking to me. Well, even, listen, even when you're somewhere else, somebody else's kid says, mom, you look, right? It's just a reflex. So, So he's talking to me. One of the kids came in and said, mom. And I turned and looked and he said, talk to me. And I was like, Oh, okay. So something about Justin is that we, we enjoy at our house is that he gets the big eyes when he gets frustrated. If he's going to get onto the girls, he gets what we call the big eyes. I cannot physically make my eyes as big as he does when he gets the big eyes. He gets very animated and he talks with the big eyes. He does it when he's preaching, but it's a different context with y'all. 
He's not frustrated with you. So when he starts to talk and get the big eyes at home, if it's not too serious, we kind of openly mock him about it, okay? The three girls against him. So like if he starts to talk and say something and just get intense, one of them will lean over to the other one and go, he's getting the big eyes, you know? Or like one of them will say, don't get the big eyes right now. Or if it gets a little heated, the next day one of them will say to me, hey, Dad got the big eyes with me last night. So in that moment, he got the big eyes with me. He said, talk to me. When I realized I'm not paying attention. I'm not letting him know what he's saying is important to me. It's probably been happening for a while because I'm paying attention to the kids. So make sure you make that commitment to connect with the people that you love. Connect with your spouse because the goal is to know your spouse for the long haul. And you know by listening and paying attention and opening up. So my third, my last point, this is my favorite one, um, is choose to be brave. This is how you stay connected and have life-giving, committed, intimate communication. Choose to be brave. It says, married couples watch over 400 hours of TV they do not like with their spouses to avoid having needed conversations. Okay? So they're just sitting there watching whatever they don't want to watch just so they don't have to talk to each other, right? So you have got to have brave communication, and I will explain this. The longer you're married, the easier it gets to hide parts of yourself just because it's so hard to open up. I think it's because life comes so fast. I think it's part of Satan's plan to like build up walls between us. But it's, it's very hard to just open up. It could be good things or bad things. And I encourage you to be brave enough to share the new things. Be brave enough to open up and talk about, I really want to start a new career. I really want to go back to school. I really want to serve at church. Whatever it is that's good, you're maybe afraid they're going to shut you down or not want to hear it. But you have to be vulnerable and brave. Maybe talk to them about what God is speaking to you, but be brave enough to share that. You have to be brave enough to admit when you're struggling with something. That takes intimacy and vulnerability. And you have to be brave enough to confront an issue that's causing conflict or building up a wall. It's really easy to pretend like it's okay. It's really easy. This is with kids, with anybody, to just work around an issue and pretend it's not there or sweep it under the rug. But it takes bravery to communicate about it. And so uh, we had this marriage group at our house a couple years ago, and I was teaching on brave communication. And so I was telling them what I just told you. And like three couples came back the next week, and they were like, so you pretty much sent us home just to have a fight, right? I was like, no, that's not what I was doing. So I have some parameters around this brave communication. Um, Ephesians 4.15 says, instead we speak the truth in love growing in every way to be more like Christ, who is the head of the church. We speak the truth in love. Truth and love travel together in brave conversations. Proverbs 3, 3 out of the Amplified says, Do not let mercy, kindness, and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Kindness and truth when you're having really any conversations, but difficult conversations especially, because kindness without truth is sloppy and dishonest. What I mean is, this is usually my personality, is if, if you're the one that's always like, it's fine, I don't want to talk about it, it's no worries, I'll just deal with it, everything's fine, I'm fine. That's not truthful. That's not being honest. But if you're the one that's truth without kindness, that is harsh 
in crushing, if you're the one that's just like, I'm going to tell you today what you need to know. You know, you're just like the one that lowers the boom and walks out. That is crushing. That is not using your words to bring life, but destruction. Proverbs 13.3 says, those who guard their lips preserve their lives. I'm going to just leave that there for you kids to talk to your parents, right? Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak harshly come to ruin. Proverbs 14.3 says, a fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. When we speak truth and love at the same time, lies fall, right? Um, When we just dwell on something negative and we begin to let Satan whisper lies, we begin to entertain lies and think, like in marriage, you just think, he just doesn't love me anymore. She doesn't care about me at all. He only thinks about himself. This isn't going to work out. It could be in any area of your life when you just dwell on the negative. Instead of having that brave conversation, walls begin to build up. But when we speak truth and love, God is able to come in and demolish strongholds and, and, and lies fall. And when we share new things and struggles, it builds oneness and intimacy. So I just encourage you to be brave and be able to have the conversations you need to have to continue to build intimacy in your relationships. And I, the last thing I want to talk about is prayer. Um, this is part of being brave. But you need to cover at your relationships in prayer. First Thessalonians 517 says to pray, pray continually, pray without ceasing. We all know that. And I just encourage you to pray over your relationships, the people that are God has brought into your life that are important to you. But pray over your marriage. Pray over your communication, especially if you need to have a difficult conversation. Invite God into every situation, he will begin to work on your behalf. He will soften hearts. He will open minds, guide your decisions, guide your words. And here I have three quick like steps to praying over brave communication in your marriage or in your relationships. And the first one is um, pray for yourself, right? Ask God to check your motives. Ask God to check your heart and to show you where maybe you can do some work. Because chances are, if you're in conflict, that you need some work to do and they need some work to do, right? And then here's the big one. Ask God if you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you that a couple times I've asked God if I'm wrong, and he's like, yes, you are. I was like, no, how can that be? I'm not wrong here. This is terrible. And there was one specific time I was like, God, you're going to need to tell him that he's wrong before I do. I know he's wrong in this situation. And then I decided to like follow this and was like, okay, am I wrong? He's like, yes, you are. I was like, ah, it's the worst. It's the worst when you're wrong, but you need to know that in your relationships. The second thing is to pray for your spouse or pray for the person that you need to talk to, but pray for that person to, um, for God to begin to speak to them and to begin to open their heart to receive what you have to talk to them. And listen, if your spouse comes to you and they're being vulnerable and brave and they want to talk about something, truth and love, you know, they want to talk to you about something, you need to know that they are coming from a place of love. They are coming from a place of, I want us to be better. I want this relationship to work. I love you. When people come and they are brave to talk to you, you need to know that. And we tend to be defensive and even mean and lash out. But know that they're coming out of a place of loving you and serving you. And the third thing to pray for is pray for timing. 
You know, timing is everything. And it's not, I'm not saying it's wise to wait weeks or months to talk about something, but pray that God would give you um, the right time. He would show you the right moment to have that fruitful, life-giving conversation. And listen, I'm not telling you that because you pray, everything's going to go smooth and it's going to be easy and you're not going to have hard moments and you're not going to work hard and you're not going to have tears and have difficulty. But when you pray, it invites God in to move and he makes your path straight and he cares for you and he helps you and guides you in these situations and he will do miracles for you because he is for your marriage. He wants you to have happy, healthy marriages and relationships. He created us to be together, and he wants to bring help in that. He will do above and beyond all you can ask, imagine, or think if you pray and ask him for help. So I want to pray over y'all before we close really quickly. I want... um. I want you to just, while I'm praying, just think about maybe someone important in your life that you want to pray for. If your spouse is here, pray with them over this. But I just want to pray for you right now. God, I thank you so much that we are here, that we get to be here learning about your word and that you have mapped out for us, Lord, how to speak life to people in our lives, how to speak life into our marriages, God. And I pray right now that there are people in here that need hope, people that need guidance, people that need prayers answered. And I pray whether it's related to marriage or not, that you would show them you love them. You would show them that you are answering their prayers, that you would go above and beyond what they could think and just do miracles in their marriages, in their relationships, in their lives. God, I pray right now that you would bring direction and wisdom into marriages, into relationships. God, I pray that you would just show them that you are for them and that you are with them, carrying this through that, Lord, and and encourage them, God, to speak life. Remind them, God, of your words, to speak life into their marriages and into their relationships, and to come to you and cultivate that relationship with you that is so needed, that enables us to walk in the power that you have for us, and not in of our own selves, but that your power is strong in our weaknesses, and we can walk with your power resting on us, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. I pray protection and blessing over relationships. I pray protection and blessing over marriages today, God. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.